But I remember Jen Farr Davis uh, back a few years ago. She said, what's the most uh, remarkable thing you've done? And um, basically, I've done a bunch of different things. And, and I couldn't figure it out what it was. But uh, then finally, after her question quite a bit, and I was thinking more about it, it was uh, the Appalachian Trail, 1991. The most significant thing I've ever done in my life is not finishing Barkley, not running across America, not biking across America, not winning hard rock, none of those things. It's uh, doing the trail in 91. It was back in 87, I was in Hot Springs, walking down the road with another hiker or two, and uh, there was another hiker coming in the opposite way, and he's got a pair of rain pants on, barefoot, and he's eating a pint of Ben and Jerry's with a stick. You know, and I looked at him, and I said, man, look at that guy, he's hiker trash. And so, it, you know, it's a fraternity. Maybe not all of us don't, uh, not all of us drink beer, but it's still a, a, fratern a fraternity that, you know, whether you're a support like Lone Wolf or support for anybody else, you know, uh, we know what goes into that. And for, for people to go out and to try to challenge themselves to cover point A to point B, we also know what that takes. And we have, I think, a tremendous uh, respect uh, for uh, record attempts. And we were walking, and uh, I noticed he was starting to, you know, fall behind a little bit, wave back and forth. And I'm like, oh, I think he's going to fall asleep. And uh, I didn't want to say anything because I was like, at least he's not on my heels. And then a few <laughs> minutes later, he walked smack into a great big oak or a maple and knocked himself right on his butt. Hey guys, welcome back to a new episode of the Christian Ultra Podcast. And today, you just heard samples of four different voices. That's because I've got four guests. Warren Doyle, David Horton, Scott Grierson, and David Blair. David Blair is also known as Lone Wolf, and Scott Grierson is also known as Maniac, or The Maniac. So, what happened was, in 1991, two guys, one a world-class ultramarathon runner, and the other, a very strong hiker, went head-to-head -head for the speed record on the Appalachian Trail. Lone Wolf was supporting Scott Grierson. David Horton had different crew along the way. And Warren Doyle is on the show because he's pretty much been tracking records since the beginning. Warren Doyle's hiked the Appalachian Trail and completed it 18 times, which is nine through hikes and nine section hikes. I'd say points uh, are given to Lone Wolf for having the most awesome beard. <laughs> and um, yeah, it's a crazy conversation. Uh, guys, I just want to give a shout out to today's episode sponsor, Z-Pax. These are my choice of lightweight backpacking gear for my record attempt this year. Um, the reason I've chosen Z-Packs is because pretty much they're the most represented ultra lightweight tent brand for the Appalachian Trail through hikers multiple years in a row. Um, and one of my favorite YouTubers, Darwin on the trail, pretty much has a uh, Z-Packs tent. And I thought, well, if he's got one, yeah, he knows what he's talking about. I, I think these guys are worth looking into. So yeah, I've done my research and um, they're doing this thing uh, where they 
Um, yeah, they want to raise $200,000 for 11 national scenic hiking trails by the end of the year. And uh, every customer who donates, Z-Packs are going to match that donation. And then in February, they're going to double the donation. So yeah, I just like the idea of not only are they super lightweight, um, well represented on the AT, uh, but they're also giving back. So today's uh, title sponsor is Z-Packs. Go and check them out at zpacks.com. They um, sell shelters, quilts, backpacks, and also clothing accessories. And uh, there's some pretty cool bargains on their website. So go and check out zpacks.com. And thanks, Matt, for the uh, stuff. All right, guys, on to the show. Um, it's a blast. There's four guys. Um, and myself and it's all about the Appalachian Trail um, attempt of 1991. There were two characters who uh, went after the Appalachian Trail record. I, I believe that we're talking about the same thing, Warren. Uh, I did the Appalachian Trail. I'm not sure what you're talking about, but I imagine it's the same trail. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, the Appalachian, uh, we both uh, went after the record about the same time. Uh, uh, one of us was faster than the other. I guess we'll get into that later on. Um, and uh, it was a pretty amazing time. We had uh, a walker going at the same time as an ultra marathoner was going. Uh, old guy versus a young guy, hiker versus a runner. Uh, it was uh, interesting times. And um, and and Wolf um, over there was uh, supporting. Um, yourself on your attempt yeah the last 40 days or so yeah yeah 45 days probably and and um D david uh did, had you known um S scott or Mani maniac here prior to um this um attempt no i had not i uh decided to do the appalachian trail to try to set the speed record and uh i heard about this hiker and I thought, a hiker? A hiker is going to do the trail? And at first, I thought, I'm not worried about him. He's a hiker. I'm a runner. And I thought, uh, uh, a hiker can't a hiker. be a runner. <laughs> and then he I heard, I thought, kept hearing about this guy's pretty tough. And then, so finally, I contacted him. Yeah, yeah. And um, could, what, what did you say? I asked him when he is starting. <laughs> yeah, I asked him when he's starting, and he said, "Well, uh, May the seventh. And I said, "Well, why don't you wait around? I can't start till May the ninth. He said, "No, he said, "I can't do that. I'll go ahead and start May seventh. So I started May ninth. He said, "I'll wait for you on top of Katahdin. beer. <laughs> and I said, "Well, I don't drink. He said, "Well, I'll wait for you with a Coke on top of Katahdin. And I we would we'll wait <laughs> I said, "We'll see." So uh, I think he felt the same way about me. He didn't think a runner could beat him either. You know, I want to just jump over to uh, Wolf a second here. Wolf, <laughs> you, you, what what does it? What was the interest in supporting Scott? What inspired you to um, want to be a part of this? Oh, it was just uh, something different to do. I'm out on the trail every year at that point from like '86, so this was '91, and I'm just out there walking and he said hey wolf you know i'm doing this speed hike i met him down I, i've met him previous but i met him that year I, he was down in blairsville training his training was wiffle ball and beer but 
I said, all right, I'll, I'll, you know, when you get to Damascus, if you still need someone on your crew, uh, I'll do it. Well, sure enough, his, his crew fell apart uh, somewhat. <laughs> and, and then, um, well, there it was. I was on <laughs> from yeah. Damascus to Katahdin. And, and once again, the uh, starting on um, May 7th allowed us to get to Damascus. I believe it was Saturday night, might have been Friday night, but I think it was Saturday night during trail days. And oh. I knew Lone Wolf would be in town, and I think we got together at Dot's Inn, a little bar down off the Creeper Trail, and I was like, Lone Wolf, I need you bad. Uh, it's falling apart. I need some help. And and he was there from there to finish. Yeah. Um, what, Warren, did you know, did you know prior to the attempt that this was going to go down as well? And where did you hear about it? I think I knew Scott and, uh, David, well, Lone, Lone Wolf, you know, through all the, the Appalachian Long Distance Hikers Association. And, you know, I was keeping track of record contenders and pretenders, you know, since 1973. And I think I might've been the one that told David, uh, I don't know. I might have been the one that told David about a Scott's attempt. Okay, right. Yeah. Um, well, so that's that's what happened. I mean, you've got a runner and you've got a hiker going after the, the um, longest continuous footpath in the world, the record. How, how did how did it um, how did it how did it start off? So, David, did you say that you were two days after Scott? Yes. Yes. I started on May 9th and uh, didn't see him for a long, long time. <laughs> yeah. And, and um, how, did it, how did it feel chasing someone, you know, because you, you were quite confident as there's nowhere hiker. There, there must have been a feeling of like, when am I going to get to this guy? He's only hiking and he's carrying a pack. So, <laughs> you know. Actually, let me just say, sorry, can I just uh, uh, clarify that? Scott um, or Maniac, were you carrying some kind of pack or anything, or was uh, Wolf taking care of that? Because Most supported. of the time, the crew would meet me at road crossings and take care of that. I'd have a fanny pack. I had a ultimate direction pack I'd use sometimes, uh, and then... Uh, when the crew fell apart in Damascus, um, Lone Wolf didn't have a vehicle to help me with. So uh, it took uh, two days to get a vehicle down from Maine. And uh, so I had to backpack that 75 miles in two days. But uh, no, I wasn't carrying a pack. Okay. But we were coming at it from a hiker perspective. But so lightweight. Had, yeah. Uh, yeah, we had hiking boots. You know, I wore uh, Merrill Eagles uh, the whole way. So we were... We were a bearded bunch of backpackers without backpacks, basically. And uh, same idea with uh, Horton. It's like, oh, these skinny little runner weenies, what the heck can they do out here? You know, we're tough and there's no chance. And, uh, you know, we showed they're tough too. Well, so, so what, what did you think, David, when you were, you're chasing after this um, hiker here and you're not catching up with him, are you? Are you starting to think, oh, he's slipping away from you? Or did you have the confidence you would eventually get him? Early on, I didn't have the confidence I'd get him. I, uh, coming out of the Smokies, I ran too much uh, down those hills. And, and I got, started getting shin splints. And I was really struggling early on. And in fact, I saw an article in USA Today where they'd interviewed uh, uh, Maniac. And uh, at the time, he said, no. 
no runner's going to beat me or something like that. And and I thought, well, that's probably true because at the time I was really struggling. I was really having trouble. In you, fact, you, I walked you into had shin splints, I believe. Yes. Shin splints, really bad. Yeah. yeah, really, really bad. And uh, in fact, I walked into Hot Springs uh, and I called my friend who's a doctor and I said, hey, I'm peeing blood all day long. I said, what do you think about that? And so, <laughs> so at that time, I wasn't thinking about catching him. I wasn't thinking about setting the record. I was just thinking about uh, what am I going to do? So that was tough. Warren, how did, how are you getting? Because you're you're following as the years are going by. You're tracking the records. How are you getting any kind of updates? Did you make it out to the trail during around the the beginning? What was your feed? Where were you getting your feedback from? Uh, I really don't know. There, there wasn't <laughs> any social media then, but there was a lot of uh, trail grapevine. So if I was out doing a section hike, which I would have been doing or crisscrossing the trail, I might ask other hikers, did you see this guy? Did you see this, this person? Cause you know, there weren't, there weren't that many record attempts uh, on the AT uh, for a while. Uh, Stephen Avery uh, broke my record by uh, about six hours on, and I was there on Katahdin to meet him in 1978. But from 1978 to 1991, there, there weren't any really many record attempts. So here it is after all this long lapse that two people were out there almost at the same time. Yeah. And that's and, never happened up to this point. That hasn't happened again, I don't think. Uh, um, the same I hey, I was um, sending out a weekly newsletter and you might have yeah. heard from that as well. Just yeah. weekly. Yeah. Um, Wolf, I just want to ask you, so you, you were jumping on after, after how many days into um, Maniac's attempt, did you play support? Uh, I think it was like his eighth day he made it to Damascus, correct? Uh, no, uh, I think it was probably 11. Yeah. Uh, probably 11 because yeah. we were doing 40 a day. And yeah. so right. uh, about 11. And that, that was, that was uh, one of those things I don't know. Uh, you know, if, if I'd had the crew part locked down earlier, I was feeling great going into Damascus. Uh, well, as great as you can feel, but, uh, you know, didn't have any health problems, didn't have any problems on that front at all. It was just pulling together the support crew. So, um, you know, I but think the record at that time day was 60 days. So, you know, why push it anymore? You're doing well you know the record well, I, was doing, I was on pace absolutely yeah, but sure. felt i could do better but it was just didn't have that piece pulled together but uh, rolled in right on schedule and uh and lone wolf thank goodness was there drinking a beer at dots in and <laughs> he said yes and off we went well hey hey uh wolf i want to ask you what was it like for those first few days um looking out and supporting for a maniac how how was he mentally? Um, how was he kind of, um, how was your relationship with him? And how did those first few days go down, jumping into a, a record attempt like and uh, like that? Actually, it went, it went really well. He was, uh, he was fine physically, mentally. Uh, we had a vehicle and I had a lot of knowledge about the trail out of the road crossings. So, you know, and this is all before GPS and everything. I just had a road map and just my memory of road crossings and, and, and whatnot. And, and he just was doing his thing, you yeah. know, and as further we got into it, 
it started to take a toll on me a little bit. I mean, I had to get up early, get his yeah. breakfast, get him on the trail, and then sometimes hike with him anywhere from 10 to maybe 20 miles a day, you know, and then get him in, get him in bed and <laughs> pamper him and get him up. <laughs> let me just go over let, let me go to uh maniac and and let me get your perspective of things how was wolf those first few days and um and 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 was he um you, you know was it what was it from your side and your perspective as the hiker as the record attempter oh i i was just thrilled to see someone at the road uh <laughs> every day i had crew was great because it hadn't worked out so well at the beginning and and uh, so here I've got somebody meeting me, uh, feeding me food. Hey, what's not the love? I, I saw that bearded face and I was like, oh, there he is. All right. Uh, so, and, and he did an awesome job. There was, there's no doubt about it. Uh, but, uh, you know, it did take a toll on the crew as well. And, and sleep deprivation was a, a big piece of the puzzle for us. Mm. And uh, I, I remember at one point, uh, <clears throat> the lone wolf when he'd hike with me, would often hike right on my heels and uh, that drives me nuts to this day so yes. my sons will do that i'm oh. like get the heck off my heels yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know if i'm looking at a tree or looking at a bird or something next thing you know someone steps on my ankle and it's over and so he's always on my heels he liked to be right there and uh so one day uh, i knew he was tired he was real tired and we were walking and uh, I noticed he was starting to, you know, fall behind a little bit, wave back and forth. And I'm like, oh, I think he's going to fall asleep. And uh, I didn't want to say anything because I was like, at least he's not on my heels. And then a few <laughs> minutes later, he walked smack into a great big oak or a maple and knocked himself right on his butt. And oh, funniest. Yeah, that was like but three in the afternoon. I remember it was about <laughs> three in the afternoon just before uh, poor Clinton. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so we, we had some stuff like that happen. The worst of me with the sleep deprivation was uh, uh, up north somewhere. I'm not sure even where it was, but uh, I was getting bad. I was real tired. And, and on, the, on the flats and on the downhills, you know, I could fall asleep walking. And uh, so I hit a roadwalk and no one was there for that one. They were up ahead somewhere else. And uh, so... I was like, well, man, if I fall asleep here, I could get hit by a car. I mean, this is bad. Uh, I, I, I couldn't stay awake. I do every trick I had to stay awake. And I couldn't stay awake. I'm like, I'm going to get hit by a car. I had to Whoop, I made an echo. Anyway, so I, uh, so I, uh, I saw this house up ahead. I was like, all right, get up there. I'll be all right. Next thing you know, I was asleep or I was waking up. And there was this house right in front of me. I was like, oh, and I thought the house was going to hit me. And three <laughs> times in a row, I woke up with that house about to hit me each time a little bit bigger. <laughs> Finally, um, left that road crossing, started up a hill and that shook it out of me. And I was all right again. And off I went. But, uh, you know, sleepwalking, falling asleep walking, uh, that was tough. That was really yeah. tough. What, what, what was the house going to hit you? Was that like a truck or something? Or? Well, yeah, yeah. So I, I was afraid I was going to get hit by a car. So yeah. all of a sudden there's this big thing in front of me. And I'm like, oh, I'm, oh it's a house. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I just thought something was going to run me over. 
I just couldn't David, stay away. David um, Horton, could you speak about your support? And um, <laughs> did, did, were you hearing things um, down the grapevine as well about Maniac? And, and, and there's two questions there. So first, talk about your support and how you were getting um, updates about um, Maniac. Um, basically, the only way I got updates was uh, from, from uh, registers. Yeah, <laughs> and that's there's a real story there later too. Uh, basically, I just look at the registers and see what time uh, when he came through. Other than that, uh, once in a while I I talked to someone who'd seen him, but not very often. So I really had no idea how he was doing, how he's feeling, how long he was going each day. Just nothing. I knew nothing basically, other than seeing his name in the registers. So I was always looking at the registers. So, hey, Horton, just, I'm Maniac here. What what you find in the registers up in New York? Yeah. <laughs> and just to um, clarify here for the listeners, um, a register is a paper and a pen um, in a waterproof plastic uh, cover, and, and it's just a, di a written handwritten entry, right? Yes, yeah. that's correct. Yeah, that's what At the is. shelters, and many of the shelters were right on the trail. Some were off the trail, but if there's off the trail, I wouldn't go to it, but... Uh, I'd read all those registers that were on the trail and see where he signed in and see it, seeing if I was getting any closer to him. Well, before we go into um, some of the things that Maniac wrote, just uh, speak about your crew, how many people were there and was it the same crew from the start till the finish? Uh, I have no idea how many there were. Uh, I'd say 40 or 50. Wow. that's But not all at once. In fact, when I left to go to Springer Mountain, I think I had still three or four different days that I didn't have anyone uh, to help me. And I did end up carrying my pack, uh, I think one or two days down south. But by and large, uh, I went through different crews uh, that people live in different areas. And some, some of my crews, uh, most of them were good, but uh, some of them I'd never met in my life uh, until I got to see them. So, my crews were just varied and they kept changing and stuff. And so that was not good, really, as, in hindsight. Warren, um, I got a question here. It's a bit of a cheeky one. So who were you rooting for uh, out of the two? <laughs> I wasn't rooting for anybody. I just thought it was uh, really good. You know, like, yeah. uh, as Lone Wolf said, you know, he really knows the trail. He's done a lot of hiking on it. I think it was really good that he stepped in in a rather bad situation you know anytime you lose your support crew and you're trying to do a supported record that's not a good thing so you know lone wolf stepped in he knew the trail real well you know scott it was an incredible physical specimen could really you know the, the people we were people were walking with was uh spooky boy ward leonard you know who did it in 60 days you know and, and you know all these people were really physically quite fit and uh and you know david i i just like because you know he uh was a teacher at liberty and was an inspiration to his students and you know he was you know uh i don't know how he did it in such a short time because he didn't really have uh, he had all these different types of support crews and that you know that certainly cost him time yeah. For sure. No matter how, no matter if he was a runner, not having a support crew, that probably, I would say that knocked uh, one mile on an hour off his pace, his running pace.
just switching crews and stuff. He didn't even stay on the trail. He sometimes he'd go into a motel and stuff, and you lose time that way. You lose sleep driving back and forth from yeah. a motel to you know. He didn't do that all the time, but uh, I think it's pretty incredible that he did the trail so quickly. With uh, don't get you know, nowadays you wouldn't get away with that. You can't do that. You got to have a crew. You got to have a very good crew to do it, support it. But back then it was good enough to shorten the record by eight days, you know, and Scott shortened it by six days or whatever, you know, four days, maybe. I mean, it was, it was pretty neat. And it, it, it was a runner. It was the first time someone from the ultra marathon community uh, did an attempt on the trail. Yeah. And so it was great to see the two difference in the subcultures, you know, where you have lone wolf just helping out out of the, you know, at the spur of the moment and, helping and you know david you know tying into this ultra marathon community uh for help and that's a close-knit community too i think what was real interesting was that our goals before we started uh i contacted scott and i said well what's your goal and he said uh he said what's your goal <laughs> he didn't say it first and so i said my goal is to to beat 56 days. I said, what's your goal? He said, to beat 56 days. <laughs> so independently of each other, we both decided on the goal of beating 56 days, unless he lied. <laughs> beating 56 days and independently of each, each other, we st started our start dates were December, I mean, May the 7th and May the 9th. So basically his goal of when he's going to start and his number of days was uh, set by himself and mine was set by myself. And it's interesting that we both you know started like that uh, absolutely i think it'll be neat if uh that happens again it, it hasn't happened again uh so christian it'd be neat if that happens to you next summer when you are out this, there on this eight, summer hopefully, yeah. yeah yeah um so you were you, david you were staying in you were taking some time to travel to a hotel or, yes. or, a, or a hostel yeah spent yeah. lots of time traveling in yeah. fact, up in uh, Maine, I stayed in Millinocket, I think, three nights in a row. Now, <laughs> how in the world can you stay in Millinocket three nights in a row? <laughs> Basically, it was a long drive. Uh, yeah. And uh, trying to determine when the gates were going to be open and when the gates were going to be closed on those roads. And getting back to the trail. down early morning. Uh, it was it a was, uh, chore trying to figure all that out. Actually, I'd like to put a question over to, I, I suppose it'd be nice to get um, um, Wolf to answer this. Where was Maniac sleeping um, at the end of each day? And I guess um, you had to prepare a bed and so on for him. Well, he had a lot of sponsors, uh, gear and whatnot. And so I think we had a big old Coleman tent, was it? Like a, like a uh, four Cabela's. person. Cabela's, Cabela's. Yeah, we'd get that set up. We determined where we were going to do it and we'd set it up and, uh, you know, just put out his, his roll for his bed and whatever, sleeping bag pad. Basically, was I was cuddled up with that guy. <laughs> so, so, so you had, you had to, you shared the one tent. Uh, yeah, I believe so. Didn't we all the time or sometimes? absolutely. I think you had a girlfriend in that tent too with us. <laughs> well, she was a friend. She wasn't a girlfriend, you know, she was like, yeah, Amy, Amy, uh, helped. Yeah, she was another support person that without her, I think it would have been really bad. Um, but we did have two of us. 
Yeah, I'd like to ask about that. So um, uh, Maniac has um, Wolf, you as support there. Uh, Wolf has um, some support as a friend. So could you speak about the friend and, and how she helps you out? Is it me? Yeah, yeah, Wolf, like um, you had uh, your friend helping you out. How, how was she helping you out? And, and how did that make it easier for you? We, uh, I met this gal on the trail uh, down around hot springs i think or before that and uh she kind of hiked we all hike like a family like a tra you got to call it a tramily you know and we just kind of went all the way to damascus and i told her about scott and, and then i found out that he was losing a crew and i'm like oh man and she's she wasn't uh, bound and determined to get to katahdin you know she was just hiking and i asked her if she'd like to do this help me out and help scott and help the whole the whole she said sure so yeah she just jumped on the crew that's that pretty cool man um hey hey lone wolf actually um <clears throat> it's uh uh maniac was saying that you uh coined uh trailer trash is that right hiker trash Hi sorry yeah. man trailer tra hiker trash that's what i meant i was i was thinking yeah. trailer trash but said hiker yeah um well i think around. i did yeah uh it was back in 87. I was in Hot Springs walking down the road with another hiker or two. And uh, there was a other hiker coming in the opposite way. And he's got a pair of rain pants on, barefoot, and he's eating a pint of Ben and Jerry's with a stick. <laughs> you know, and I looked at him and I said, man, look at that guy. He's hiker trash. And yeah. it's a term of endearment. It's not a bad thing. It's, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. it's like a biker, biker trash. You know, it's just it's a compliment community it's yeah. but so then we started using that term after hot springs we'd go this way that way we'd get in a register and put hiker trash or you know whatever i so i think i coined it because i'd never heard it before and nobody else had really no i'd never heard it anywhere on the trail before it's a maniac here and that's and, because uh, we didn't have any trash on the trail before you died <laughs> 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 don't know about that <laughs> hey scott um i gotta ask you about these um register entries now you were playing some psychological mind games with um david here you had to use all the tools you had access to and one of them was to be able to get to the register before david so what what did you do in order to try to uh psych psych him out well, it was it was more just good natured fun. Uh, I, I think we started uh, messing with Ward Leonard because Ward had hiked up the trail earlier that year, and then uh, rumor was he was going to come out and break our record, whatever that was. And uh, so I knew Ward was way back there somewhere. So I I'd write things like, uh, "Hey Ward, by the time you read this, I'll have your record," and you know, just 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 messing with him, you know, good natured ribbing. So, uh, so, so when it came to Horton, we just like, Hey, we, we can have some fun with Horty. So, uh, so, so one day, I think it was somewhere around, I don't know, where the Harriman state park in, uh, in, uh, New York, we, uh, I was like, huh, all right, well, I'll just put, I was here later in the day than I was. So instead of signing in, let's say at noon, I said 4 PM. So then the next register, we just extended it out and extended it out and extended it out. Yeah. So it made it look like we were doing like 20 miles a day. Well, we had some fun with that for a while, did that for two or three days. 
And uh, I guess David Horton can tell you what he thought when he saw that, but uh, it was a hoot. So at some point, I think he figured it out. But uh, uh, yeah, well, I remember putting uh, one day, I'm going to say it was say it was June 17th actual, and I would put June 15th. You know? <laughs> and then I knew damn well he was right on our heels. And in Vermont, Vermont he caught us. And I said, man, we're going to see him today. And sure enough, here he comes. Yeah. You guys, he was pointing his finger, you with those registers. <laughs> so, yeah. David, David Horton, let's um hear your side. So you you've got um these guys goofing around and stuff. At first you must have believed it. What 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 was going through your head? I was thinking, what's going on here? What I just thought I'm getting close. I should be getting close. I should be catching him soon. And then one day. I, he, he was here late in the afternoon and then the, I got to a shelter later in the day and he was here sooner. And then I got to the next shelter and he's here tomorrow, <laughs> not today, not this morning, but tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, something's wrong here. Something's wrong. <laughs> so I didn't know for sure what was going on. I really didn't. <laughs> this is not adding up. And that's the only way I had find out what was going on with the registers and he's messing with the registers and, and of course uh you know david horton is a uh, professor at liberty university uh you know i think he uh sips milk he doesn't drink a beer uh pretty straight-laced guy uh our sense of humor and his might have been a little different so <laughs> yes it was it was i thought i just i really didn't know what was going on i thought Something is wrong here. Something is strange. <laughs> well, you have your Horton Miles, though. No, I know it. That's true. Okay. <laughs> yes, that's uh, definitely a joke. Uh, Christian, have yeah. you experienced Horton Miles? Actually, I, I think I've heard about Horton Miles. Isn't it something yeah. you, you do 100K? By the time you've done 100K, you got a couple more miles to go. That's correct. That's uh, correct. Yeah. <laughs> the Mountain Masochist is supposed to be 50, but it's an actual 54, isn't it, David? <laughs> No, 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 it can't be. Can't be. Yeah, that's the Horton Miles. That's right. 40 miles. Yeah. Extra four. What's four at doing yeah. 50? You know, that's so right. Let's, let, let's, um, uh, so, so David Horton, you're also a, um, ultramarathon race director and you have, um, a bunch of races that also, I think, um, um, Scott Grierson and here, um, Wolf have both partaken in. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. In fact, uh, that first year, let's see, we, 91, that was in the summer. In fact, that'll be 30 years ago this summer. Uh, that fall, I was directing Damascus and I said, uh, Maniac, come on down and run Damascus. And he did. And then, I don't know where it's that year or the next year, I think it's the next year that Lone Wolf came down. Is that right? No, Lone Wolf? Scott ran it in 91, didn't you? Yeah, yes. I did it in 91. And then I think Lone Wolf was next year, too. Yeah, I think 92, so. I did it. Okay. Yeah, and I had no idea. I'm like, what are you nuts? I'm going to do what? Because I was up in Katahdin. And he said, hey, you need to run that mess in November. I'm like, well, what do you mean? How are we going to train? Well, just come come to Bass Harbor. We'll train. I'm like, all right. So I quit drinking beer, quit eating all this stuff. And I was running. And we'd go on these training runs. One in particular, uh, he takes me down to the Bass Harbor Light. And we go along the shoreline there on these rough rocks with seaweed and everything. And it's like September, it's cold. And we get to a place called Ship Harbor. 
And he said, come on, Lone Wolf, we're gonna dive in and swim across. I said, what the heck? Why? <laughs> oh, come on, and toughen us up. And I'm like, oh man. So big bearded guys dive in the water and we're swimming across and there's people on the other side. They must think these guys are escaped convicts or something. <laughs> Why are they diving into the water? And we get on the other side, shake off like a couple of big dogs and continue our run, however far it might have been. I don't know, 15. And we just would run every day all around the island on, on different trails. It was awesome. And I ended up doing Damascus and I did pretty well for, for a runner. Horty, he said, yeah, you wiener hikers, you can't do it. You can't do it. <laughs> And I did it, Grace, and I finished, I think, 25th out of 180, you know, at eight, eight hours and 57 minutes. So, heck yeah. yeah that's, that's pretty good. I like the way you guys always remember the minutes as well, you know. So important. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, let's get back to the, um, the 91 um, attempt here. Um, so there was a point then eventually when, as um, Wolf, you uh, said earlier that, you saw David come in, you know, he actually, David caught up with you guys. You guys had been running from yeah. him and eventually he got there. So David, what, I'm sorry, Wolf, what was that like, man? When David came up, did you see him? Can you remember that, how that felt? Oh yeah. Yeah. It was Congdon camp, I believe in Vermont. Uh, uh, yeah, we're just, we're standing there. We're getting ready to keep on moving. And then I said, I think he's real close. We might see him today. And then, just just when I'd said that, I turned and there he was. He come up, he was he was jogging a little bit and you know, smiling and happy. We all hugged and kissed and did whatever. And we I think we kind of jogged to the road with him, Scott. Uh, uh yeah, I don't know if we jogged with him there, but uh yeah, we cruised with him, we walked with him down to the road. Yeah. But, but it was all happy, all fun, and then we just started leapfrogging until I guess Andover, Maine when we last saw him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, David, um, how was that for you to uh, finally catch up with these um, elusive characters? Fantastic, fantastic. Uh, I'd been getting, I knew I was getting closer and closer and closer. And uh, it finally, I got to the point where I, I think when he wasn't trying to trick me with the registers, that I, he, he was signing the register and I was the next one after him to, to sign the register. So I knew I was getting close. And uh, actually one of my crew saw him, I think the day before I first saw him. And then, so I knew the next day, I'm gonna see him somewhere. And it was really good to see him there at Congdon camp. And, and uh, I'd been thinking about what am I gonna say? What am I gonna say when I get see him? And of course, what I wanted to say was tap him on the shirt. Guess who, guess who, guess I'm the worst nightmare. <laughs> but no, when I saw, when I saw them there coming out of the, the, the shelter at the Congdon camp, uh, it was just uh, instantaneous friendship. Uh, I didn't want to say anything like that. It's just, uh, they're friends. I knew what he had went through. I knew what I'd went through. And so it's something like six miles from there to the, to the road crossing where I was going to stop for the day. And so Maniac, uh, took off hiking and, and I took off behind him and Lone Wolf was behind me and I thought hmm this is probably not a good place to be if they wanted to do something to me they could and I'd be in trouble but uh, we got to the road crossing and I stopped and uh, at a normal time probably 5 30 or 6 see I didn't know what was possible back then basically my average time on the whole AT was I think 11 hours and 27 minutes a day on the trail that's not much. That's not much. Before, before uh, Moose Lockie, I'd average 10 hours and 57 minutes a day. 
and that's just uh, uh, not much time out there. I, I figured before I started that I could do three miles per hour in tough stuff, and in easy stuff, I could do four miles per hour. Well, I figured out for the whole time, and I averaged 3.54 miles per hour. And so I was just right on what I thought I'd do. So we walked to the road and I thought, whoa, I can't believe how fast he hikes. I thought he's probably showing off now in those six miles. But I said, okay, I'll see you tomorrow. And so I went back to a hotel and slept all night long and came back out the next morning. And, and he had went maybe 15 miles on ahead. So I caught back up to him that day. And I think I caught him and passed him several days in a row. And, and I remember the last time I saw him, he had scared me that morning. He had started after me and he knew that I was close. So he slipped up on me and scared me uh, <laughs> somewhere in New Hampshire. And I said, okay, well, I'll see you tomorrow. And we'd become good friends by then. I said, I'll see you tomorrow. And he'd actually run with me. We get top of a hill and I said, okay, I'm gonna start running. He said, well, I will too. And so he had run with me in those big old boots. Well, he found out that wearing big old boots, big old shoes is the wrong thing to do. But I never did see him again after that day. And until the gathering. And I walked up to him at the gathering, which was in October up in West Virginia. And I said, hey, Maniac, how you doing? He said, hey, how are you doing? I said, you don't know me, do you? Well, at the time I'd had a beer and I'd shaved it and he didn't he didn't know me then. And, and it was good to see him again. And I think, Warren, you were there too, weren't you? At the gathering. So that was a special time. It was neat catching him and neat going with him. And uh, I didn't wait for him like he said he would wait for me. I should have waited for him at Katahdin there after I finished. Yeah. Warren, Warren can I uh, ask, did you know um, who was in what position through the grapevine and through the ears on the trail? Did you know that David had had passed um, yeah. Grayson? Yeah. I didn't know all about all the little uh, gamesmanship to later, <laughs> but I did know that. David had passed uh, Scott up north. Yeah, yeah, and um, so, 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 you, then, and were you able to? Um, did you actually get out, Warren, to the trail at any point and see them during the the attempt of ninety one? Or I don't think I ever. I don't think I ever met them. Uh, I don't think so. Either. Yeah. Yeah, you did, uh, uh, Shenandoah. Shenandoah for you, yeah. Yeah. Because okay. I was waiting for Scott yeah. at the side of the road, yeah. and he was late, and I'm like, oh, my, what is this? And then a vehicle pulls up behind me with the headlights and right on my bumper, and I'm like, oh, great. Now I've got someone behind me. I'm worried about Scott. Well, it ended up being Warren, like at oh. midnight or whatever it was. <laughs> and Scott was in the woods drinking beer with the Rangers or something. Yeah. <laughs> some, cute, uh, some cute, you know, park ranger. Uh, He's, he looks like he's having trouble with audio or something, Scott does. Hey, Scott, um, are you okay there? He's having technical difficulties. I can see a hand. Yeah, but I do remember one being there for that. Oh, that's neat. Yeah. Yeah. He's very it, late and <laughs> <laughs> So what is, um, you guys referred to something called the gathering. What is the gathering? Um, maybe uh, one of you guys could speak to that. Warren should. He's the one that started it. Okay. Yeah. Got, yeah. Warren, and, uh, can you talk about that? Yeah. In the uh, fall of 1982, uh, uh, well, actually in the spring, I started inviting 
a lot of uh, through hikers. I got a list of all the through hikers up to that point. Of course, back then there wasn't any email and I got their addresses from the ATC and I sent out a bunch of first class uh, invitations for a gathering of all the uh, through hikers in the past. And I also made it known to trail maintainers and people who were planning hikes, you know, like the next year uh, and we had this gathering in uh, Pipestem, West Virginia, uh, and all these people showed up, like about 225 people showed up from a bunch of states, and it was That's pretty uh, good. <laughs> Big it good was remarkable. Out. It yeah. was uh, the yeah. energy was just remarkable. It was like this needed to be done. It was the right time, uh, and that uh, the last day we had just a little meeting and I said, well, where do you want this? You know, would you like to form a group and, you know, a grassroots group, nothing really uh, institutionalized. And, um, and all the people there said, yeah, we really would like to have a group uh, of uh, long distance hikers and dreamers. So then I went ahead and uh, scheduled a meeting in Harpers Ferry the next spring. And I had, you know, the ATC folks there, the National Park Service folks there, and uh, we had our first steering committee. And that's when we named the organization, made bylaws and elected our first uh, quotes officers. Mm. And I was the first coordinator. But you know, there was a lot of, uh, it was a very interesting time for uh, long distance hikers. And uh, it, was, it was a special time. Yeah, um, we, we had uh, just, for the information here we had maniac left and now he's come back um there he is i, yeah. I think he was yeah. oh, okay hey maniac uh mic oh. check one two there we go can you hear me now oh yeah yeah we got nice. you. yeah you guys disappeared i guess i'll have to listen to that on the podcast <laughs> well i was asking about the gathering our ratings went up when you left <laughs> <laughs> I figured you wouldn't even notice the way you guys talk. Oh, and Scott, we were talking about the Shenandoah incident, you know, where you were late and uh, Warren had showed up. And uh, absolutely, mm -hmm. the 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 Rangers uh, and, and the beautiful yeah. gal that I would have loved to have hung out with. Yep. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Well. Um, so at this point, we're at the stage where David uh, has passed Scott um and and, and uh, david do you want to talk about what it was like to get to the to to katakat to katadin and um what that moment was like for you uh it was really cool it was really special my wife had come up she didn't hike to the last mountain with me but my son came up too and uh, uh my son ran a lot with me the last day uh santa but i think is where we started beyond beyond that the last day and and we climbed the last mountain and there was four or five others with us. And, and me and my son both had to wait on the other people. It was sort of nice uh, sharing it with my son. And I'm just glad he was there for that. It's really special time. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and Warren, did you know when David had finished, David had finished? Did that news come back to you also? I had heard that he had finished, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and how did it feel um, that uh you know there was a new record did, you, you know it's a seller did you feel like it's a, you know like a celebration feeling kind of how did you feel how did you interpret that me i can't yeah. i can't I, oh. uh, you me 
Yeah, Warren, Warren, how did how oh, did you okay. feel about uh, David setting a well, new record? Well, no, I thought it was good. You know, I, I'm glad both of them finished. You know, like Scott met his goal too. You know, his original goal he met. You know, which was, you know, that was four days, at least four days shorter than the existing record. Yes. So I mean, they showed both a runner and a walker showed that, you know, this was possible. And you know, I was happy for. Uh, Lone Wolf, you know, because he put a lot of time into it. You know, like he said, you know, it's, it's, you know, being a support crew person is, you know, it isn't as hard physically as the person hiking, but it's still a lot of pressure because, you know, if you make a mistake and, you know, you make a mistake and you don't meet your person you're supporting, you can jeopardize the record attempt. So, uh, yeah, I was happy. You know, of course, I'm, I'm biased towards walkers. And, you know, from 1991 till all those years, me and David Horton here would, you know, we would trash talk each other about, <laughs> I, I told him a walker could beat a runner. I said, a walker can beat a runner. And of course, 2011, 20 years later, overall record JPD was a walker. Yeah. But that's not true anymore. Not anymore. A walker can't beat a runner anymore. But um, so uh, I, I want to come over to you, Wolf, and uh, I want to hear what, how did you feel? You know, um, you guys are going after the record. Did you, um, did you feel sad or disappointed, you know, when eventually you didn't see David again? And were you still able to keep that upbeat morale? And how, how did you feel? What was camp like? Oh, it, it, it was no problem. Um, David had his goal and, and Scott told me I want to get it in 56 days. Mm -hmm. and so that was the goal and that's all I focused on I mean sure it was a little you know when Dave passes finally it's like okay no big deal but Scott's still on he's still doing his thing what he told his sponsors he's going to do and so mm -hmm. that we just focused on that it was no big deal yeah you know pretty awesome <laughs> that hey, last uh, that last stretch of Maine it was awesome <laughs> hey 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 Scott I want to ask yeah. you um uh, it's like, yeah, everyone's talking about their feelings here, but how did you feel, you know, when David passed you and were you still able to keep upbeat and uh, did you feel sorry for yourself? What, how, what was your mindset? <laughs> I would say absolutely unaffected. That yeah. just isn't me. You know, uh, I had a goal. I wanted my challenge um, and that didn't change. Uh, so uh, it really made no difference to me at all. Um, I, I'm just not that guy that it would make a difference to. So, um, and and I'm also the eternal optimist too. I mean, he could have stubbed a toe or broken something <laughs> climbing up Katahdin. Uh, didn't make any difference. I mean, it wasn't over till it was over too. Uh, but uh, no, that that's just not the way I tick. I set a goal and wanted to do that, and and that that was something I was very impressed with with Mercury this year. Um, and Warren, you know, Mercury didn't, wasn't able to achieve her primary goal. And then she readjusted and set another goal and set another goal and then did the very best she could. And I was immensely impressed with that. That is far more exciting, far more meaningful to me than someone who's on pace for the record. They can't quite break the record. So they drop. Ah. That's not me. I'd rather say, hey, this was the best I could do on any given day. And that's that. 
Um, Maniac, can I hear from you uh, what it was like to do that last and final climb, you know, after so many hard days of blood, sweat and tears up to up to Qatar and keep on stuttering on that there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, well, I'll give you one just before, um, you know, I did the uh, 75 mile straight shot to Qatar. I had three naps along the way. Uh, the last one was a 15 minute nap where I just laid down in the mud in the trail. I think one wolf might have been there. It might have been uh, Keith, another guy named Wolfie. Yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I, I laid right down in the trail in the mud and took a nap. And I was I was worried because it's like, geez, every nap is time now off the, the total time. And so in my head, as I was asleep, I was imagining this uh, little gap, like a space in the trail that was my nap. And so I'm no longer on the river of life that flows down the trail. Here I'm on this little, this little hole. And I was like, oh, got to get up, got to get up. So then in my mind, the trail stood upright like a tree. <laughs> and I walked past the hole, which was like a woodpecker hole. And I woke up. It's like, let's go. And so that was my brain in its sleep deprived state, just dealing with the worry of naps and all of this just to pull it together. So, so I was pretty much a wreck when we got to Katahdin. Uh, we also had to be worried about rangers maybe stopping us and uh, oh, you know, yeah. we got there late in the day. Lone, lone Wolf had a plan. We, we better not get into that, Lone Wolf. But uh, Lone Wolf had a plan. And there, were, there was a ranger's wife there. There was some stuff. So we just figured we'd sacrifice yeah. one or two of us. Uh, yeah, Lone Wolf was going to be sacrificed as me, I think. However it was going to be. Decoy. But, yeah, but we, we didn't have to do that. Hey, I, I do have one, uh, one, one story, though, that I, I'd like to mention back back earlier on the hike with Horton uh, he uh, one of those leapfroggy days he met me on a road a road walk and uh, and during that road walk he said that you Lomo yes as technical as my flip phone <laughs> all right so so anyway we uh, uh, we're walking the road together we hit the road and Horton's like, hey, run with me. Let's run. And I'm like, okay, whatever. So I'm running with my hiking boots down this hill. And I'm like, yeah, that's as far as I can go. And Horton's like, DQ, DQ. <laughs> he said, well, you've run now. You're, you're, you can't be the fastest walker. And I'm like, eh? I didn't even cross my mind. You know, fastest walker, fastest <laughs> runner, fastest whatever. It's just the fastest. You're going for a record. So, I, I mean, I'm, I may be in the minority of this now, but, you know, when it comes to all the fastest known times, all the divisions, it, it's, it's like with a baseball analogy. You know, uh, the, the announcer says, yeah, this guy hits 302 average uh, uh, facing lefties uh, in the rain on uh, a night game on the road uh, after the previous batter uh, struck out with two pitch, or, you know, four pitches or something. And it's like, to me, it, it's, you know, all these divisions of fastest known times meaningless. To me, there's one record. You, you're just the fastest or you're not. And uh, 
So uh, the the answer as to whether it's a <clears throat> a runner or a pure walker, I, I think that's been answered. Um, you know, you have to have the piece of running in the puzzle to have the record. It, it's just it's just there. There's there's no doubt now. Um, so the answer was or the question was answered. Horton kind of answered it. It's been back and forth, but there's no doubt that it requires running, uh, requires lightweight foot gear uh, to, to set a record. Um, but the minutia of, you know, southbound, northbound, what is self, you know, self-supported, what isn't self-supported, all of those little details, uh, meaningless to me. You, you either have the record or you don't. There's only one person, man, woman, whoever it is, and that's it. Um, D David Horton here. Um, so can you speak about when you saw Scott Maniac <clears throat> at the gathering? Did you have a feeling of, uh, oh, I've bonded with this guy, you know, how did you feel towards this, this, this other human being? And, and, and um, did you become friends? Yes, I, I knew. Uh, he's a friend. Uh, in fact, like I said, the first time I saw him and Wolf, when they stepped out of that shelter, I thought, friends, you know, it was just friends instantaneously. And the next several days, uh, it was always fun for me catching him. And then we'd run together for a little ways, and then, then I'd take off. And then uh, he'd go longer in the day than I would. Uh, and I really hated it when I didn't see him again the next day. And uh, But in a way, I liked it because I was ahead of him. <laughs> But uh, still, we were friends, friends then, friends at the gathering, and we're friends today. Uh, in fact, he, I got him out to Hard Rock, and he, he ran a Hard Rock 100 and finished that in like 37 hours, which is a very good time. So uh, he became a runner, too. Uh, he's a hiker, and now he's just a dad. And <laughs> he's not hiking. He's not biking. He's not running. But he should be doing something. But anyway. <laughs> Uh, he's a friend, a friend for life, and so is Wolf. In fact, Wolf later, uh, when I did the race across America, he crewed yeah. me that race as well. That's so awesome. That was fun. That yeah, was hey, fun. We're going to have to do another podcast about race across America with uh, Wolf and David here. But what, what, Warren, Warren, what's your um, what's your thoughts on these two characters here, David Horton and um, Maniac, um, going head to head and in 91 and and how is it different from um speed attempts today well i think you know it's they're both really fine people you know and and uh there it was all real low-key it wasn't commercialized you know they weren't trying to monetize the experience you know they didn't have uh you know big sponsor decals on their ford transits and stuff like that and it's still it was still you know this grassroots thing you know and um yeah so i'm it's a a fraternity you know, there's not many people out there that can understand what at record holders have gone through except the people who have established and so it you know it's a fraternity maybe not all of us don't uh, not all of us drink beer but it's still a a fraternity a fraternity that you know whether you're a support like Lone Wolf or support for anybody else, you know, uh, we know what goes into that. And for, for people to go out and to try to challenge themselves to cover point A to point B, we also know what that takes. And we have, I think, a tremendous uh, respect uh, for 
uh, record attendance. Well, um, Wolf, I want to ask you um, here, how did this um, experience uh, supporting Maniac out on the AT in 91, did it change your life? And, and if it did, how did it change your life? Certainly did. Uh, it just it made me realize committing to something like that is, you know, once you commit, you have to do it. Yeah. You know, I can't have a bad day out there because yeah. you know, I'm supporting Scott. But uh, heck, and then he got me into doing the ultras. So I've done a few ultras since. And, you know, it's, it's, it's great, you know. And, and matter of fact, I'm still running. Uh, matter of fact, in April, they're having the, it's called the Seven Trails Ultra Festival here in town. And it's 36 hours. And you can do 25K, 50K, 50 miles, or 100 miles. I chose 50. Yeah. And it's an out and back, seven miles, so. <laughs> It, on the creeper trail we'll, we'll see how that goes but yeah i've been still in the hiking and running game ever since so yeah and um uh uh maniac um you've obviously as the years have gone by uh because this is uh is it a 30 20 years now um you've you've actually gone up and visited um david you, you've uh, gone and visited him and and you guys are friends and uh, could you speak about how do you think you would have became friends in a different area of life? Or do you think it was the App Appalachian Trail that kind of brought you guys together? Well, actually, it's about 30 years ago. Oh, so I got the uh, yeah, 30 wrong. years. Yeah, so it's been a while. It's uh, the, the pre-cell phone, pre-social media era. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, if my... If my world had intersected with David's, I'd probably be friends. I mean, I make friends with all sorts of people from all different walks of life, but that probably never could have happened if it wasn't for the Appalachian Trail. So um, it, it certainly brings very different people together. Um, the, one of the things I, I, I think about a lot is the, the intersection of the, the runner scene and the backpacker scene and how those intersect and how you get both of those to um to a record attempt on the at because it's a, a completely different thing um I, I equate it to uh you know driving an rv or driving a race car across the country uh, i mean you could go over and back in uh, in a summer with your family in an rv and that's more like backpacking and then I think there was a guy from Maine who did the cannonball run this year across the country in 25 hours and change uh, in a car. Mm -hmm. So both are crossing the country, but one's doing it very different than the one in the RV, stopping, checking out the Grand Canyon, uh, cooking s'mores, uh, you know, doing it that way. So um, that we, that the culmination of both sports leads to record attempts on a very long trail is pretty special and and it and it's different um i i uh you know for for pleasure it would not be my choice to go zip down the trail as fast as a person can go that that would not be my choice of a pleasurable trip uh it's very interesting it's very valid it's poignant it it it's, it's incredible for humanity, 
but it's not my style normally. I know it's not wolf style. Uh, uh, you know, we, we do things differently. Uh, backpacking is a different world, but backpacking and ultra marathoning or extreme sports, they can get you to the same spot. And we have a lot of uh, shared interests and commonalities. So, um, so yeah, it's been a pleasure to get to know the running scene uh, and the backpacking scene and blend them all together. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so, well, guys, uh, it was it's we've been on about an hour. I think we've kind of talked through the ninety one experience. And ha have you guys ever talked about this together on any kind of form of media since it happened, or done any no. written articles? No, this is the first time that we've all talked about it like this together. Yeah. Uh, Warren and I've talked. Wolf and I've talked. Uh, Maniac and I've talked, but never all of us. Uh, together like this never I'd, I'd like to um you know uh give each person the opportunity to talk about something related to 91 that they personally feel uh, if we've covered it fair enough but if we haven't covered it could you speak about that and let's just go from um left to right on my screen david you're there first so um could you speak about something from 91 that just feels significant to you well it's it's rather interesting uh all these different thoughts, different things we've discussed today. Um, but I remember Jen Farr Davis uh, back a few years ago, she said, what's the most uh, remarkable thing you've done? And um, basically I've done a bunch of different things and, and I couldn't figure it out what it was. But uh, then finally, after her question quite a bit, and I was thinking more about it, it was uh, the Appalachian Trail, 1991. The most significant thing I've ever done in my life is not finishing Barkley, not running across America, not biking across America, not winning Hard Rock, none of those things. It's uh, doing the trail in 91 uh, because that was the first uh, that was uh, competing against somebody else as well as myself. Uh, and little did I know what, what it would do and how it changed my life. And it has, and uh, just a remarkable experience. I'm just so thankful for these guys here, for Lone Wolf, for Warren, for Maniac, uh, and all that we experienced together. And uh, they'll be friends for life. And it was a life-changing experience and the most remarkable thing I've ever done in my life. Um, and then next in the square, I've got uh, Warren's um, beard there. So. <laughs> Warren, can you speak to something significant? I know there's many, but choose choose something. Well, I think the most significant thing is what's just happening right now. You know, 30 years later. And so here you have an experience uh, being shared like this 30 years later. So, uh, you know, maybe it's like, you know, watching those uh, talking heads on NFL, you know, we got Terry Bradshaw and, you know, all these uh, people that have done great things in their younger years and they all get together and, and there's this camaraderie. And so, uh, you know, it's just great to see these faces uh, again and to talk. And it was just, I loved how, you know, the, the interplay, you know, it is a fraternity. And I think from I'm going to say it from 1973 to 2013, 
this is what long distance hiking endurance was like in the East. You know, it's a re you know, it was a subculture. And it was uh, just a group of people that sort of knew each other, had gentlemen's rules, uh, you know, and this camaraderie. And, you know, so that lasted, you know, for about, you know, maybe 40 years. It's changed now, but uh, uh, it's nice to see this recreated yeah. no, to remind us of what it was, because there was long distance hiking before it became more commercialized. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Wolf, you're you're on the the screen next to Warren. Do you want to give your thoughts? I mean, as well, feel please not to. But um, what what have you got to say about ninety one, and how did it? Um, you know, is there anything that you want to say about ninety one? Other than uh, no, it's just that I was fortunate to be a part of that. I mean, it was really something. It really, man, it just you got to dig deep for stuff like that. Um, so I went on to, to help Scott and then we had several other attempts on the long trail and uh, that he tried. And uh, uh, then I ended up helping uh, Andrew Thompson one year. Yeah. Uh, Scott left a note on the trail somewhere near Montebello. <laughs> I remember he said, Wolf, we got to help Andy, you know, call me when you get down to whatever such and such a road. And I did pick me up and then we started to help him. And he ended up quitting in Vermont. And uh, unfortunately, because he was on pace, but uh, I don't know, he, he just, his family came to see him and he lost interest. He just wanted to go home, basically. But since then, I've been involved in all this stuff, all these, these ultras and, and a lot of hiking things. And it's just great. Yeah. Well, I'm pleased to have had the opportunity to you meet you for the first time i've met the other guys um you know whether it's been on the internet but i'm pleased to meet you and and i gotta say your beard's the most impressive out of all of them by the way <laughs> <laughs> for the listeners out there uh low wolf's beard goes well down uh, the middle of his uh mid upper body there <laughs> scott um also known as the maniac uh can can you share your thoughts on 91 yeah, the, you know, dabbling in the world of, of extreme sports uh, was a thrill. Uh, it's not my normal way to hike. I'm more of the, the backpacker, the guy you see fishing uh, on the trail, um, somebody who takes his family hiking. Uh, uh, you know, I, I do lots of different adventures and most of them aren't extreme sports oriented. Uh, but being part of that uh, was absolutely thrilling and uh, um, unforgettable days and glad I did it. Uh, wouldn't want to do it that way all the time, uh, but doing it that way that year was incredibly special. And, and like everybody said, long-term friendships, we don't have to see each other for a decade. And then when we do, <laughs> we're buds again. So uh, uh, just those connections, um, you know, that was a thrill and, uh, you know, uh just awesome times yeah well i gotta thank you um uh scott there for just coming up with the idea of because uh, it really is your idea here i gotta give you credit to bring this together this is not my idea to the listeners this is scott scott um recommended this and um 
I jumped on board. I thought this is a great opportunity to bring back, you know, this podcast is called AT Legends for a reason to bring back legends, you know, whether you're running, hiking, supporting, or just uh, getting intel, you know, everyone um, was involved in something very special. And I'd just like to say thanks for coming on the show, you know, from me to you guys. Um, yeah, thanks. Well, I think we need to wish you uh, good luck next year, too. This year, come on. Oh, this year, yeah. Hopefully, let's see what we can do, you know. Um, yeah. Uh, well, thanks. I appreciate that. I I, I will, um, you know, I'll take I'll take it. <laughs> you know, I I'll see you in Damascus. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I and I can guarantee you, I can wait for you in Maine because <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. I'll be right here. <laughs> I know you promised me some lobster tail and bacon fat. So, uh, yeah. Um, well, guys, I'll end it um, there and I'll, I'll kind of end the podcast. But personally, from me to you guys, and you can all say bye to each other. Thank you. Genuinely. Later. Yeah. <laughs> See you, Horty. See you, boy. I'll see you soon, Yeah, I'll see you in Damascus. Yeah, there I'll have the subway. Uh, okay. Yeah, Warren still owes Wolf a subway, apparently. No, no I owe him. Oh, oh, let's get no, it no, right. Second. It had to do with uh, another ultra runner, you know, a record attempter. I, I bet against him or for him or something. Two times in a row. <laughs> right. So, but I didn't uh, bet I'll... against him the third time. So. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Listening to those guys, it was almost like a reunion. I couldn't believe it's the first time in uh, since all these years that they've all gathered together to talk about the 1991 Appalachian Trail record attempt. Um, yeah, definitely, definitely legendary status. And there's things that I learned from that conversation which will stay with me forever. Guys, have a great one. Thanks for listening to the show.